0: Welcome to The Faithful Servant, a podcast reaching you in the midst of your battles where you can find hope, joy, wisdom, and healing. My name is Eric Howland, and at the end of the day, my hope is that I can hear the words, well done, my faithful servant. Welcome to this week's episode of The Faithful Servant. I hope many of you had a great Thanksgiving out there. and that you found time to sit back and reflect and be thankful for all the blessings that you have been given in life. My question for you guys out there today is this, how many of you out there have wondered where you came from or even wondered who you are? There are some out there who just do not know their ancestry now, before I introduce my special guest today, I wanna to give a little background story about myself. I was adopted when I was a newborn. Had no idea what that meant until I was around five years old, and my family, we were doing yard cleaning, and I looked at my mom and dad, and I said, I know why you bought me And they both started laughing at me and kind of looked at me and said, oh really, why? My response, the innocence of a five-year-old said, because I'm such a hard worker. At five years old, uh, that's when I understood what being adopted meant. Now when you look at any of our family pictures, you would know that I did not belong. My dad is 5'6 and bald. My mom is 5'3 on her best days and blonde hair. My brother is 5'8, red hair, and here I am, 6'2. Dark hair, dark skin, just don't really necessarily fit into this picture at all. So, as life went on, there was a point where I struggled with the aspect of who I am. Where do I come from? And it got to a point where all those negative feelings within me led to abandonment. I had that question within me of, why was I giving up? Was I not worth it to anyone? And it came to a kind of place where during therapy one time, this came out. And my therapist said, you know, I, I think for you to move on, maybe finding your mom would be a good thing. So, seven years ago, I had this conversation with my mom, the person who raised me of, I need to find my biological mom. And I didn't know what that response would be, but she was encouraging. And she was supportive of that decision. And her response to me was, we will do anything to help you find your mom. So you're gonna have to follow me a little bit with this story because it's kind of um, crazy how this all worked out. So, the doc, my doctor was, good friends with my parents. So my mom got on the phone with his assistant who is good friends of our family. I went to high school, grew up with her daughter, so we we knew each other in this small town of Blair, Nebraska. And so my mom called uh my doctor's assistant and said, "Hey, do you know who Eric's mom is?" Without missing a beat, she goes, "Well, that's so and so here in Blair." My mom was kind of thrown back a little bit of, "Wait, what?" "Well, yeah, you know who that is. That's so and so here in Blair." so we looked through the phone book there were no names within Blair that matched this person's name we did find one person though in Kennard Nebraska which is maybe five miles away from Blair so I called that number up and this Older man answered the phone and I said, my name is Eric Howland and I am looking for my biological mom. Do you know this person? His response in a very gruff and intimidating way was, well, that's my brother's wife, but I'm not sure if I'm gonna give that information out to you. Um, I, you know, I, I didn't know how to respond to that. Luckily his wife got on the phone, took it away from him and said, you know, here's what we're going to do. We're going to go talk to her and we'll give you a call the next day. So at six o'clock the next day, my phone rang. and they explained that in fact that was my mom i can still remember that day to day i can still remember the feelings of excitement i was scared as shit And there was a part of me uh, just trying to understand and comprehend all these emotions from years past. So they explained to me that they would like to come up to Blair and meet me. So I was sitting in my office and this taller gentleman, biker outfit on, walks into my office and says, I'm so-and-so. And I asked him to sit down. I thought he was there just to get to know me a little bit. And he looked right across the table and said, well, you ready? And I said, ready for what? He goes, well, you wanted to meet your mom. So let's go. Um, Most times I am someone who will jump at most opportunities and look back and go, okay, that was probably, you know, a good decision, sometimes bad decision, but I jump in head first most times. This one, I was a little thrown back. I'm not ready. And he looked at me and said, Do you want to meet her or not? Okay. So, I followed him over to this house, mind you, in Blair, Nebraska, the town I grew up in. I pulled up, opened the car door, and there was my mom on the front porch waiting for me. So now let me introduce you to my special guest today. This is my biological mom. Um, welcome. Thank you. When you think of that day, you remember your feelings?
1: Mm -hmm. I sure do. It was scary to meet someone that you carried inside of you for nine months, but yet not knowing what the reaction is gonna be from that person. So it's like, okay. He wants to meet me, but where is he coming from? Is he gonna all of a sudden be angry and start saying, I don't like you, I hate you, but I just had to see you. It was very scary not to know what the real purpose was as far as where you're coming from. So yeah, but excited too in one way because it's like, what does he look like? And you know, but when I saw you get out of that vehicle, it's like, oh my gosh, that's my little baby boy. And he looks like me, he looks like uh, his brother, he looks like, his his grandpa Bob, he you know he's a Lions, and even though you wasn't raised with me or you wasn't raised with your brothers, you are such a lion through and through. You know you, the way you carry yourself, the way you act. The you would have never known that you guys were never raised together. You just synced in with one another and. It it felt good. It just felt good to finally put that piece of the puzzle finally together to know what you look like, to smell you, to hold you, to tell you I love you. To put a face to a cry.
0: Uh, Do you remember the first thing you said to me?
1: Hmm. Probably not. I, I, there,
0: there were two things that I, I will never forget. Is I went to shake your hand. Uh, and you said, oh no, baby. I gotta hug you.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep.
0: That was the first thing. And as you were hugging me, you whispered in my ear. I love you, baby boy. No. What? I've dreamt of holding a faceless baby all these years every night mm-hmm. and now I get to put a face to with with that yeah those two things right there are like ingrained in my memory bank of um, here is the person that I know nothing about and the pain that you felt all those years came through in what you said.
1: It was a nightmare for a long time. I would, I would always have this dream. I could hear you cry. And when I got to you, you didn't ever have a face. And it's like, what do I do? He doesn't have a face, and now you do. Now you had that face that I've been longing to see, that smell that I never got to smell, that, to just feel your touch.
0: I think I was wearing cologne that day, so well, You <laughs> smelled
1: pretty good. <laughs> and to correct you, that wasn't the first thing I said to you, because you were frozen in your steps and you was hesitant about coming close to me and I said, come on up.
0: Okay, okay. Yeah.
1: But I could see the pain in you too. The not knowing how it's gonna come about. I mean, am I gonna reject you? Am I gonna be okay with you? And I hope in my heart that it's everything you expected and maybe more, that it's brought comfort to you knowing that I'm here. Um, Hope that I'm not going nowhere and I'm always going to be here for you. So, yeah.
0: So that that day, you know, we went inside, and for it was almost three and a half hours. I, I think we sat, yeah, talked.
1: a long time.
0: And you know, f- for everyone out there, uh, like I said, I, she literally lives. In the same town I grew up, and I'm I'm looking at some of the pictures that she has of her other sons, and I, I'm like, I know these people, yeah. like I went to school with them. And so we sat and talked a little bit about mm-hmm. who they are and I'm like, yep. So uh, I've got three brothers. The oldest one, Greg, was a little older than what I can remember. But the second one, Pat, was a great ahead of me and in the same class as the brother I grew up with. And so I literally saw him around the hallways every day at school the youngest one, Aaron, uh, my first interaction with Aaron, knowing that he's my brother, I asked him one question, I said, so who was your best friend growing up? And when he said the name, I'm like, um, Nathan Sahil, I'm like so Nathan's older brother Tavis was my best friend and I'm like okay I gotta ask this question do you remember Tavis's high school graduation party and he said yeah I said okay um, I want to see if you remember this and if it was truly you because I left Nathan, uh, Tavis's graduation party when the police showed up to bust it, <laughs> and I left down the alleyway with one of Nathan's best friends, mm-hmm. and I said, so what were we doing? And Aaron responds, I, I'm pretty sure we were running away from the police smoking a joint down the alleyway. <laughs> And, you know, I didn't know he was my brother, obviously, at that time, but um, I guess I was always looking out for my younger brother. So, you know, for me, that whole day was putting pieces together that I just never knew existed. It was healing for me to know after listening to your story, and in a second, I'm gonna have you kinda explain it a little bit more I wasn't abandoned. But when you don't know, your perception is quickly to go to that route. And I want everyone out here that might um, be in a similar situation of you were adopted and you might be struggling with abandonment. And we've talked about this there's always another side that we just don't know. Mm -hmm. So, if you could, you know, obviously with your comfort level is, what was the reason that you had to make that choice?
1: I personally didn't make that choice. That choice was made for me. I was at a state where I couldn't take care of myself. I was suicidal, I was out drinking, I was with guys that literally hurt me. If it wasn't for my grandma, your great grandma, taking care of Pat and Greg, I would've lost them too. Um, So, social services, told grandma there's just no way there's no way we're gonna let her keep this baby there's no way she is not capable mentally and physically she cannot actually when I was in labor I was already at the hospital because I I was suicidal it was you talk about abandonment well, yeah, okay, being with parents that they are always arguing and you don't know where you belong because you think your parents are going to love you no matter what. But that's not necessarily true because they probably came from a situation where they were hurt in life too. So we always had this feeling of our dad not liking us because we belong to our mom, or my mom didn't want us because we're Robert Lyons' child. And so they were never happy in their marriage and we watched them fight and and I mean, they didn't play nice, okay, they just. So that, and I was always with my grandma. I mean, my mom, when I was sick, my mom never took care of me. I was always with my grandma and for whatever reason. And so I always felt like I wasn't loved by my dad because I was mom's child. I wasn't loved by my mom because I belonged to Robert Lyons. But at least I had grandma. But sometimes it wasn't enough. It, she was always there for me She protected me, she loved me, she helped guide me the best she knew how, but it wasn't enough. It just, the loneliness, it just, why? why If you didn't want me, then why did you have me, type of thing. So I struggled with it my whole life. And then I was finally taken away from my mom. And um, brought back up here to Nebraska. I was in Alabama at the time, and put with my grandma and my grandpa because my mom had her issues. And
0: so, when you when you think of that day, that. I was being born. Um, Knowing that the state said there was no way. Uh, One, after I was born, did you know I existed?
1: My dad told me that my baby died. My, my dad told me that you were a girl and... It's like, why couldn't I hold my baby one time? Why couldn't I tell that baby, it's okay, I I love you. And now I'll probably never get that because they're telling me he's gone, she's gone. So for years I lived with a nightmare and that's where my nightmare came because this baby was crying and I had to get to this baby. But this baby had no face, ever, no face. There was just a faceless baby crying at all times. It was very hard, and it, you know, it just put me to the point where I drank more. And at one point, Grandma did have Greg and Pat for a couple months because she, she literally took them from me. And I had social services come into my house when I was getting ready to cut my wrist. I had to hit rock bottom. I don't regret I don't regret you being with your adopted mom and dad because at least I know you were safe. Anyway, I hoped you were safe. And I always prayed really hard that they loved you and that they wasn't gonna ever be mean to
0: you. Hmm. you know the the one thing you know that i'm always grateful for my life is that it always seems at the end of each challenge that there is hope in life mm-hmm. that there is healing in life mm-hmm. right yep and so let's fast forward to that moment then where we finally met. <laughs> what for you, you know, for me it 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 kind of solved that equation for me of abandonment does not equal truth. And there were circumstances around my reasoning to being adopted and with the family that I do have. What was it for you? from a healing aspect to see your son, not a daughter, (laughs) uh, but your son knowing that he didn't exist at all. From a healing standpoint, what was that like?
1: It was very exciting to see you stand right in front of me.
0: Was I taller than what you thought?
1: Yes, you know, because if you know, well, your brothers aren't. They're short. <laughs> Especially little Aaron. But, you know, and it's like, and I, when I saw you and, and you were tall, it's like, okay, you're tall like Grandpa, you know, because he was 6'2", and it's like, wow, you know? And I, I'm looking in your face and I can see Grandpa Bob. It's like, <sighs> well, I'm sorry, you look like Grandpa Bob, but at least I know that you're mine, you know? Um, But it was just amazing to finally see this, this human being that I gave life to, that you're breathing and you're healthy and And you're mine. And that there was just no hate there, you know, like I thought there would be. There was just kind words and a lot of hugging and crying. And it was just more than I expected from you. Because I, I did. I expected a lot of hate because no child is going to come into another person's life like you did and have that attitude of, I just want to know who you are. I. I don't hate you. I just want to know you. And it made it a lot easier, you know, to be able to tell you where I was coming from In that it wasn't a choice that I made. And I'm, if I had my way, I would have kept you. But then I would, it would have been selfish of me because I wasn't able to take care of you. And I was seeing how your two brothers were struggling because I couldn't take care of them. And I didn't want to be selfish with you. I didn't want you to have to go through what they went through. I didn't want... I would have lost you no matter what. I would have. It's given. I would have because I wasn't me. I, I was struggling to find out who I was. You know, I was coming from my own abandonment, my own not feeling that I belonged. That a rape that I should have never went through that put me in a (sighs) position where I just wanted to die. I just wanted to take my life and be done with it. And if I couldn't, I wanted to be with somebody that could hurt me. And that was no life for any child. So even though if it was left up to me and they would have said, if grandma would have said, or if grandpa Bob would have said, or even social services would have said, Bonnie, what would you want to do? I would have kept you knowing that maybe two months down the road I would have lost you. And that wouldn't have been fair. It wouldn't have been fair to you and it wouldn't have been fair to your brothers.
0: And now thirty six years later. Yeah. And you know, we've known each other for seven and a half years. Yeah. And, you know, I I know from my point and I know from just listening to you, the healing that has happened through that interaction of uh, knowing your past now. Uh you know, I, I think there's a place where it brought healing of a lot of issues for both of us.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And so, f- for those of you out there who are struggling with abandonment, or wondering where you came from, there's two things that I would just hope that you get out of this today. Number one, there is always another side of the story. It's not necessarily a charge against you as a person. It was a circumstance that for the betterment of all parties, that decision was made. It's a hard decision to make, but through it, there is life. There's hope, and like our story, there's healing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Secondly, if you are in a place that where you you are trying to find your roots, I hope that you can hear that there is hope there for you to find that it it might not be as crazy of a story (laughs) as ours there might be challenges that you have to go through to get there but there's hope so if that is important to you don't give up And I know that at the end of the day when that day comes and you're standing before the person that created you there's going to be healing there's going to be tears tears of joy but there's going to be words that are said to you and it's going to be Well done, my faithful servant.